Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. And uh, I consider it a very special privilege to be able to interview someone that I haven't known, but I've known about for a while. And then about two weeks ago, I anticipated being able to talk with Cliff Gerald. Cliff, thank you for coming and being with us on Exploring Missions. Thank you. It's our privilege. Well, it is great to have you today. And uh, you're here visiting in Tupelo, Mississippi. Is this uh, hometown for you or close to it? Close to it. You're a missionary and has been serving for many, many years. Yes, sir. And uh, you and I earlier were talking about we all are on mission for God and we all should be missionaries. That's right. Some of us are called out to go in, Mm -hmm. and we call them missionaries here on Exploring Missions because you've been called out of Etiwamba County and other places and called into the country of Nigeria. Yes, sir. How long you been in Nigeria, Cliff? For the past 30 years. We arrived March 1st, 1993. 1993. It's yes, home for you now. Well, home's where you hang your hat. So okay. My wife reminds me that this is not our home. We're just <laughs> wherever we're at. That's yeah. Well, uh, it's an old song. We're just a passing yeah, through. That's right. And that's, that's what exactly. we're doing. That's right. But it is so good to have you today, and I've been anticipating you, hearing from you. But before we get into some things in Nigeria that are going on, I'm going to ask you to tell us as much as you feel comfortable yes, telling sir. us. Mm-hmm. But tell us your journey. From being saved to being called to all the way to Nigeria. Well, thank you. Um, my father was born in Etiwamba County and went to be sharecroppers in Arkansas and married a young lady. And when he could get back to Etiwamba County, he did. And uh, January 1st of 1960, he was sharecropping and the preacher, a local preacher, left. And so he was wondering why the older men in the congregation didn't step up. But he said as he was pointing one finger, three were pointing back at him. <laughs> so he practiced his first sermon for 15 hours on the back of an old uh, tractor yeah. and uh, gradually God led him into being full time in ministry and he uh, served for a number of years and at a congregation called Saucer Creek in uh, northern Etiwamba County and so that was um, briefly our, our family background but just to show you how God can use people and you know, coming from a background of segregation and so forth you wouldn't expect it somebody from a community that had four houses and a church building to wind up in africa <laughs> but uh, god used a series of events to, to cause my dad to go on a one month trip to evangelize and he was so impressed with the opportunities there that uh, he loaded us all up and and we went when I was 16 years old and that was uh, our overseas segment of our life that was the beginning I like to tell this story. I can remember when we had two-a-day meetings after the corn was laid by. We had gospel preaching in the morning and in the evening. And for two weeks, 
something you couldn't do today probably. But they had a big-name preacher come to a little town, and he preached hard for two weeks. And uh, they asked him, well, how successful was the meeting? They said, not very. Just had one little 14-year-old girl mm-hmm. baptized. And that 14-year-old girl, though, grew up to be a faithful, godly mother. She had three sons. One of them was the president of Fried Hardman Christian University. E. Claude Gardner, another, was also the president of two Christian universities. And the third person was the man who invited my dad. And they were co-workers in in Africa for some time. So God can use what seems to be unsuccessful to man to lead us around to his purposes. What was unsuccessful to many was very successful if you look at the three boys and how successful they were. Well, when I hear that story... One pebble in a pond causes many ripples. Exactly. And praise God, that's that's what it takes is the one. Exactly. And, uh, one's a very important number. There's yes, one God, and he calls each one of us one by one. Yes. We're not saved in mass, yeah. even though it had been great for others to be saved when that 14-year-old girl was saved, but mm-hmm. that one was saved, and I praise God for that. Amen. So you served there, and you went to to Nigeria, but you served other places before then? Yes, sir. I was fortunate in Ghana that people didn't look at my age. I was able to preach uh, throughout much of Ghana, different places. But when I was 18, I thought, you know, you're 18, you're supposed to go out and whip the world. And so uh, (laughs) I went to Bible college in Vienna, Austria. And the purpose of the college was during the week we, um, we studied and on the weekends we went behind the iron curtains, met with house churches and, and other things that we did. So I was there a little over two years, came back to go to school uh, at Lubbock Christian, and then was called to go to the Ivory Coast in Abidjan, where we stayed for some time. And then in October 1992, I was raising vegetables for a food bank in Lubbock. And the little imagination and vision that I had was that during the winter, I could go to a place like Nigeria and show people how to raise vegetables a little bit better, maybe. And then that that was the limit to my thinking. But <laughs> we, we got a phone call asking us to go into service as a business manager of an old mission hospital. And that's what drew us to Nigeria. Amen. Yeah. And that's been 30 years ago. Yes, sir. I want to ask you this. Is your heart still in Nigeria? Well, uh, yes, it is, because (laughs) I have my wife there. I have my children there. And that uh, that has been the focus, really, for the last 30 years is children. We had worked with children's homes, church-sponsored homes, and worked in the psychiatric facility. So we we had um, training and experience working with children. As soon after I arrived at the hospital, I heard a crowd of people shouting, and I came out to find them trying to drive away a woman who was sick, mentally ill, and I, I intervened on her behalf, and I could tell she was physically ill. She had a totally prolapsed uterus that was infected, and she had walked for many miles to come out of the bush to come to a hospital. I went back after having put her with nurses and Uh, Later came out, and she approached me with a bundle of rags, not like a mother would have carried her child, but handed me these 
of dirty rags and I looked inside and there was a little baby. Hmm. And that was the beginning. That one act of random kindness changed our whole history. Because I, I took him to the house and my wife cleaned him up and uh, we were new. We weren't planning on this. This wasn't our vision. We had planned to be two years and then back to something else. Uh, put him in a suitcase between two chairs and and so the the journey began. God kept bringing them one by one, children that were, their mothers had passed away and, and they too would have died without intervention. Children that were very sick, children that had been abandoned, children that were physically handicapped. And uh, so uh, people ask, how'd you wind up with so many children? I say, I, I never looked for them. If I had a lot of money, I know where to find them. But God kept sending them one by one. And so, well, did you make that need known to people who were supporting you financially so they could be a part of that? Well, little by little, people have known of it. I rarely ask, just as people are touched or find out about it, hear about us. And I tell them, whatever God puts in your hand and in your heart to do, and God is used many people from different areas to to keep us going. We have about 50 children. We have now children that have grown up and have their own children, but we still have smaller ones still in the house. So how many how many workers does it take to care for 50 children, Cliff? Well, we have um, thankfully good people that help with the cooking. We have two cooks, two people that also help them, uh, washing dishes and so forth. And we have uh, what we call baby minders, people that will be there day and night. All of them swap on shifts and so forth. So it would be, we started out with just us as a family, but it quickly grew beyond our capabilities. So God has sent good people that help a, a driver and Okay. So forth. Well, when when these children are uh, difficulty with their health, is their health facilities close by, or do you guys have to well for, just try to manage with what you know? For the first five years, we worked uh, at the hospital. As I said, I was the business manager, and then after that, we relocated to uh, Port Harcourt, where we've remained till date. So there there is a health facility that partners with us and. Uh, helps us, a children's hospital not too far away. Well, Mm -hmm. the country of Nigeria, uh, I've been trying to think of a way to describe. You can look on a map of Africa, and you can find it. But size-wise, it's bigger than Texas. Yes, sir. It's a pretty big place. But it's it's a large area. Yes, sir. Okay, and there's different things, different uh, areas that different things are happening socially, different things that are happening, uh, I would say, spiritually as well, because I've heard some great things come out of Nigeria where God is really working and and so forth. But what we're hearing more than anything else right now is the difficulties in Nigeria of Christians. Right. Would you tell us as much as you can? Uh, again, I, I I don't want to you to go where you know you don't need to go. Yes, sir. but I want you to tell as much as you can. So the those of you who are listening, I want you to put Nigeria on your prayer list. They're some of the most difficult places to serve Christ is in Nigeria right now for all different reasons. We won't go into that, but tell us as much as you can about what is taking place in Nigeria concerning followers of Christ and what's happening. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
first of all, Nigeria is a lot of different tribes, a lot of different groups, over 240 different languages. So um, by nature, there's a lot of division. But there are major tribes and major religions. We say that the country is actually divided into three major groups uh, of religion, the Islam, Christianity, and then the native religions. But the two major groups are Islam and Christianity. And for much of time, those have existed, coexisted rather peacefully. There have been flare-ups from time to time. But for a number of years now, mostly in the the uh, northeast, but it is spread all across the north, and it's just enroaching deeper and further south uh, with a, a type of militant Islam, which is bent on spreading their jihad by any means possible. And it has caused a, a lot of destruction of villages, of churches, of people. One of the known cases is the Chibok girls that were abducted a number of years ago. And we know of some brethren in that area. There were six congregations in, in one area, and almost all of them destroyed, uh, burned, as well as villages, just entire uh, people being wiped out. And that is of, of great concern. I told people some years ago, this is just starting here because this is the, the group Bukha Haram is well known. But it, it started in the Middle East, but it has spread throughout West Africa. If you're hearing reports of uh, in, in Mali, to an extent in Senegal, Burkina Faso, uh, Niger, uh, all of these countries are affected and to, to a degree or another with things that make it difficult for expatriates to come in and for the local people to be able to survive. And so this is definitely something one should uh, pray about. We're concerned about brethren that are on the front line in the middle belt because that is the, the point of contention at the moment where people are pressing from the north to, to raid and to kill and uh, to disrupt the, the daily lives of, of, of people. You know, here in the United States, people talk about denominations as something that's bad, and I understand what they're saying concerning that, but the problem with that, if you didn't have denominations, you'd probably have a state church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll take denominations over a state church. But in Nigeria, far as the militant uh, Muslims, mm -hmm. the denominations of Christ followers doesn't matter, does it? No, it's it just doesn't. Christian. It, it's right. Kind of, does it bind y'all together in prayer that way rather than separation? You know, a brother, a follower of Christ here and a, you know, I, that I hate persecution, but persecution does that. Right. It causes us to understand what we have in Jesus Christ That's right. more than anything else. So God even uses persecution right. for good and for his glory, as bad as it is. Yes. Well, 
tell me a little bit about the children. I love personal stories, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the little child that was you found in the rags, you said he's grown up now yes, and has children of his own. No, he doesn't, but he very much would like to. Okay, okay, I got <laughs> he's you. He's saving his pennies so he can. Okay, so he can, his, huh? He's got his eye on a young lady. So, oh, wow. Uh, fortunately, he has graduated from university uh, surveyor. He's the Marine surveyor, so right now he's on the high sea. Uh, surveying and um, so we thank God for his life because um, he would have died without intervention and um, so many others uh, we're thankful we have a son who's grown up to, he's a doctor a young doctor he's in Jamaica serving we have two more that are in medical school we have three that are in nursing school <laughs> we have two others that are in uh, universities one just uh, was given a scholarship to come to Lubbock Christian okay and uh, Lubbock Texas so we were fortunate to be able to have him there with friends and brothers there that are, are helping to take care of him. So God has taken him from a very humble beginning to now to a university in America. And that's the miracle that we have seen. Uh, God has provided for a, a large host of children and ourselves as well and provided things. You know, we're, we are given things as God sees fit. And so sometimes it's a bit thinner and sometimes it's larger. There's a congregation spread started in our living room and now meets 130 to 150 people on Sundays. We cook food for 150 every Sunday. We share a meal together after after services. And so Sunday's a long day. Gives my wife a chance to, to counsel and to advise, uh, especially young ladies. So... We're involved in a number of things besides just child care. It gives me an opportunity to speak at various forums and uh, really want to do more of that, more evangelizing and so forth. But we're thankful that God has called together groups of people. And Well, let me ask you this because it hit me there because, you know, as you go forth and these young people that have come to to live with you guys and then to be trained and sent out do they come back to the territory some stay where they are do some come back and serve well um those that have gone far like in jamaica he's come back for a visit we have a daughter in malaysia she has she went to uh, study there and she has her family there they're trying to come out because it's been very restrictive in Malaysia. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's yeah. getting more difficult. But they all have a concern for the family. All it has been has been a family. It's not been an orphanage. It's just a, I noticed that. I'm going to yeah, interrupt you a yeah, moment. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've kept myself from saying that word because mm-hmm. I could tell that's what it was not. Yeah. So it's a home. It's just a home. And uh, so they call us mom and dad. Amen. And... Uh, that that is the relationship that you want, isn't it? It is. It is. We don't want it to be a sterile dormitory type of environment. God used people here. A, a kind doctor from originally from Pontotoc, Mississippi, lives in San Antonio. He is principal behind a lot of fundraising for us, and they helped us to have our own home. We have a 12-bedroom house, and we have another 12-bedroom house for our older children after you're 18. They move on uh, now. And so... Um, is the cost in living Nigeria 
uh, able to build homes like that a lot less than you would here? I wouldn't say a lot less. But some, some less. less. Okay. Some less. So it's still the funds need to come in. Right. Well, right. are you able to give an address or a website that people that are listening to this and say, man, I want to be a part of something that's changing lives for children on the on the front lines? Well, Is, yes, do y'all sir. have that? Is we that available? Have, we do have a website. N-C-C-H. N-C-C-H. Foundation. Okay. Dot org. Nigerian Christian Children's Home Foundation. Say that one more time. and mm-hmm. Give folks time to get a pen and paper to write this down Thank and you. give it to us one more time, okay. Cliff. N-C-C-H. Foundation. Dot org. It stands for Nigerian Christian Children's Home Foundation. Amen. So uh, that's a, the, as he does a 501c3. So... Any donations are tax deductible. We'll be receipted and we'll go yeah. directly. There's no overhead here stateside. It's all volunteers. Well, let me go a little bit wider here about the food. Yes, sir. What food do Nigerian <laughs> children eat? Here, here, the reason I came to this, this is so funny. We we were connected with a lot of children in Uganda, yes, staying sir. in our home and everything. They'd been here for a month. Mm. When they come, Where do you want to eat? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so uh, that that became, and I know Chick-fil-A is not available there in Nigeria, no, no. but what about the diet? Well, uh, one thing with large groups, uh, routine is important. Purchasing on a routine basis yes. is kind of a basic thing that uh, helps us. We eat about 110 pounds of rice a week. We eat some beef. Okay. And um, we have the traditional things that one would normally eat as Gary which is dried cassava. So you yeah. use that and make a like a, uh, a thick ball that you, uh, foo-foo, you use that and dip it into a stew. And so that is a, a common thing. Yam, they call yam, not our yam here, but a, a, a starchy tuber. We boil that, have yam and egg sauce and Eggs are common enough. They've risen in price like everything else. Yeah, It reminds me of a story. I was pastoring, and we had a group to people to go. It was in Uganda. They uh, they had chickens, so they wanted to build a chicken house for them to house the chickens. Uh, They went over there and got the material, and it was so much nicer than where the boys stayed. Mm -hmm. They gave the chicken where the boys stayed, and the boys fixed (laughs) up their beds in in the chicken house. That's one of the funny stories. But, you know, God God knew what he was doing. They didn't know. They thought they was building a a chicken coop, as as I would call it here in northeast Mississippi. They were really building a home for boys. Uh And so God is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. Is that a testimony of yours? Amen. Amen. Because all... All of this was never in our vision, never our idea. You wanted to go and just help them uh, raise better food. Just for a, <laughs> a short time and then come back. And uh, But God used one thing to lead us to. He always takes us from where he finds us to where he wants us to be. And he works continuously in our lives. And if we'll let him, he'll take us to great places. That's the reason Jesus said, i got to go away. I, I just imagine mm-hmm. the, the 12 apostles and others, you know, they were there. Kind of personal. Mm-hmm. i got to go away, boys, because mm-hmm. i got to go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. Mm-hmm. But when he comes, he's going to let you do greater things than, I'm putting, than we've ever done. And 
I hear that right. in your testimony, Cliff, mm, that yeah. God has just done a great work in and through you. Yeah, you know uh, how he was able to take the Israelites through a deserted place and feed them and care for them for many years. And that's the way he has done us. And we can testify that God is always able. If we just be patient, sometimes we get anxious and worry about how this is going to happen. And he's always provided. I remember our generator tore up. And uh, so Mama and the kids went and prayed and that very day a large generator was delivered to us (laughs) and we asked them and the man said my brother from overseas how he even knew us we don't know said he wanted to donate this and we said could we have his name to thank him he said he didn't want to he didn't want to be known it's just his gift. So that's way through so many similar incidences that God has just taken care of these children. And we know that it's his work. It's not our work. Aren't the and children special to the Lord? Yeah, amen. I mean, you, amen. you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, there's just something Jesus said. Right. Those apostles, Jesus hadn't got time for you. And Jesus said, let those children come to, come me, to me, for such right. is the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. Of heaven. Right. You know, it's amazing. Children, need they come to Christ they really do. Adults have to become like children to come to Christ. Right. You can't, right. But that's the Word of God exactly. makes that plain. Exactly. And so those children, as you share the Word of God with them, do mm. they do they get it? Do they see the the reality of Jesus? They do. We for some time have tried to have our evening devotional before we go to bed, and my wife uh, taking a lot of time to. She writes children's books and things. Yeah. It's an artist, so she narrates that, and we use different cartoons. Sounds like you married above yourself like I did. I sure did. (laughs) I did. Twice. My first, uh, I was married for 30 years, and she uh, was the genesis or the... The, our wives are the ones that manage things. Right. Yeah. We just stand around on the sidelines and yeah. chip in every once in a while. But she passed away in 2005. And so God had already prepared another young woman to come into <laughs> help, someone who had a heart of a servant. And we've been married now almost 11 years. Amen. So, yes, she's. Uh, God, I, I say this, and I say it truthfully, but a little bit of humor. Uh, some men can't find one, and some men are blessed to find two. Yes, you know what I mean. I have been. What God, what God can do. Exactly. God knew it before Amen. I knew I had a need. God had already prepared the heart of someone. Amen. And uh, well, we couldn't do it. A single parent couldn't do it. Two things for before we close out on this interview. One, are you guys? in danger, persecution, or are y'all kind of far away from it right now? Or? Well, the persecution has not been an issue. Security has been an issue. When I first went to Nigeria in 93, there was a Bible college where there were seven American families and other missionaries from other groups met for Thanksgiving. In the whole region, not just one state, but the whole uh, several states, I only know of three families that are remaining. And because of securities, everybody has left. So security is an issue and a prayer point. So well. that's one of the areas we need to pray for you guys mm-hmm. about. Yeah, just vandalism, robbery, kidnapping for ransom, and those kinds of things. So y'all are determined to stay where you are right now? Well, I don't know how to get unhitched. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, can't walk off and leave those children. And we'll, until uh, God is already providing, though, He's uh, while we're here, three of our children are, are stepping up to take care of things. Hey, doing a good job. So if uh, we were never to be back in Nigeria, we know that God could use them. It's His. He knows. It's his, his work. It's His work. He knows. We'd love to have you know, a more permanent setup. I'd like to have a farm where kids could work and so on and so forth, learn where their food comes from. But those are visions maybe I won't see, but I'm sh- trying to share those dreams with others. and Pass it on. Pass, pass it the on. baton, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll, Cliff, they'll, thank you for being with us. Thank you, sir. And God bless you, brother. Thank you very much. We sure appreciate being with you.